Hey, Fit Pros, welcome back to the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness. We are your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radoon. Thanks for joining us again. Today on episode eight, what we'll be doing is talking about how to launch a successful small group training program. I am super excited for this one. This is how I started my business, wanted to get known in the entire gym be on stage, have everybody just stare at my beautiful face. <laughs> so th this is really how I built up a lot of my book. And, and we'll talk about the Dayton squeeze. Sounds weird, but we'll talk about it a little bit more here. So how are you, Kyle? Good to see you as always, man. What's going on? Uh, I'm doing great, man. I can't wait to hear about the date and squeeze. What <laughs> I, I just like a good squeeze. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, before we get into this here today, uh, we, I know you recently opened up your studio. Uh, yeah. So I actually hoping maybe you give us a little update on where you're at. How's, how's the membership going? You, you building your business here or what? Sure. Absolutely. So let's do a little background. So currently I have about 90 one-on-one -on -one personal training clients, not personally, but in my facility. Currently we have 26 members of, um, uh, those 90, but a, a couple of people have come in off the street, which is nice. We just basically expanded and I did want to share a little bit of a story. Kyle and I will always talk about value rather than cost. So I had two walk-ins come in on Friday, uh, a mother and a daughter. They were really excited to see the space. I gave them a tour told me how beautiful the space was. They said it was very private because we do have a membership cap of anywhere between 100 and 150 people. In speaking with them, found out that they belonged to another gym down the road. They were paying about $19.99 for this membership. We are probably three times that for just a month-to-month -month membership. They had told me that when they were at this other facility, they felt like a number Nobody ever really helped them. Uh, didn't feel like anybody really cared that they were there or how to bring them through an exercise program, how to bring them and show them how to use the equipment because they were very infrequent exercisers, never had really done it before. So they just felt very, very lost. After we got done the tour, we were discussing, you know, the, the price of the facility. I told them this is what it costs per month. It is a month to month membership. And I did get an objection for, uh, we'll have to think about it now. We've, right. With, well, what's there to think about, Dan? You're exactly. so great. So what we want to do anytime that we are fitness professionals is we want to challenge people's objections in a nice way. So think about it is what we like to call smoke and mirrors or uh, a mirror objection. Like there's, there's nothing really there. That's not really an mm -hmm. objection. Can I figure out really what their objection is? So I started doing a yes close with them where I said, well, I totally understand that you want to think about this investment in your fitness. If you don't mind me asking, you do like the facility. Both of them said yes. You do like the fact that all the people that are here working are personal trainers and we would be able to help you. Yes. You do like the fact that it is a small and private gym and here we want to help you on your fitness journey. And you are not just a number to us. You are someone that wants to come in and see results. They said yes. So if you don't mind me asking, what do you need to think about? There was a pause. And the pause seemed like it was five minutes long when in reality it was probably two seconds. And they said, it's the cost. 
okay, great. Now I've narrowed down that it is the initial investment in the facility. So again, I challenge them to say, well, at this other facility, you felt like you were a number. Here, you're not going to be a number. It's a small private studio. We have a limited membership. We want to help you on your fitness journey. I understand that the investment is a little bit more than you were making at this other facility, but here is going to be a place that you will feel supported and a part of our community that you can achieve your goals and results. I paused again, and before I knew it, we were signing them up for a membership. That's how you get people to commit. You be honest with them. I told them that all the things that you told me earlier, I'm just going to serve back to you on a silver platter. You told me that you didn't like being a number. You told me that you needed some help. We can provide you for the help. And the reason that we are more expensive is because of the service that we offer. It's nothing to do with the equipment that's in there. None of that. I know that me and my team are better than any other gym that is in the town that we are. That's why I feel comfortable charging the most out of any gym. It's the experience. I'm not trying to compete with all the big box gyms because I will have people come in and tell me that they feel like they can succeed. I have a clean gym. They like it. My staff is friendly. That's the reasons that I can charge three to four times as much as any other gym in the facility, not because I have the newest equipment. Bada bing, bada boom. Two new memberships. Ooh, and actually, we don't haven't ever really talked about membership side of the gym stuff yet, but uh, one thing that you touched on there you can't sell the equipment that's inside of your gym. Uh, no, you got to sell the experience and yep. kind of draw that picture of what it looks like to be a part of our community mm -hmm. in our facility. There are tons of big box gyms that are $10 a month. Um, and I, you know, I talk about crunch fitness a lot because they're the, the largest gym chain in the country. Uh, they're building a new gym down the street for me. And what is the number one marketed thing they use? $10 million of state-of-the-art equipment. That's their number one yeah. selling point. And then what's directly underneath the $10 million a month? The second selling point is $9.95 a month. Mm -hmm. So you got $10 million worth of gym equipment and a $9.95 membership cost. Yeah. So if you can't provide $10 million worth of equipment, you probably shouldn't be trying to sell anything to do with what's in your gym. Yeah. And it's about the energy, the vibe, the feeling that people yeah. get when they're in the gym. Because I know most people that walk into those $10 million gyms, it's all big and shiny, but it's terrifying for the average person. So when we're doing tours in our facility for members or personal training, I actually instruct my staff not to say anything about the equipment. Don't tell them we have treadmills. Don't tell them that we have barbells, dumbbells, because guess what? Every gym has those things. That's not going to make you stand out, even if it's new. What can we highlight that actually sets us apart from other people? It's my staff. It's the cleanliness. It's the fact that we have not only personal training, but small group nutrition counseling sessions. It's a private facility. We've got all these things that separates us and having a couple of dumbbells is not one of them. Mm -hmm. So we don't even mention the equipment when they come in. It's all about the experience. Like you will not find a place that a team gets along better here and we want to help you reach your goals. But you can go down to Planet Globo World Fitness Gym and Company and become a number. But if you become a number... You can't gripe on price. You pay $19.99 to become a number because a lot of those places have over 5,000 members in them. And they want to charge that less because they do not care if you come in or not.
They yeah, I'd like out. to remind people the membership model on a 9.95 a month gym is actually hoping that yeah. 60 to 70% of their membership base does not actually come in. In a gym like that, <clears throat> anytime Fitness Global World, uh, I used their whole name. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> any Oops. Fit World, any Fit World Globo uh, gym is going to actually have uh, a fire code issue if all of their members showed up on the same day at the same time. Mm -hmm. you, they would actually have to fire yeah. members. But the truth right. is, they operate 10 to 20% of their membership base at any given time. So right. their whole goal is to make you pay, make it hard for you to cancel so that you can't come. So you can't oh, cancel yeah. and you don't use it. They said that too, that they had a hell of a time canceling their membership. And I said, our cancellation policy is a 15 day notice. That's it. You just mm -hmm. send me an email 15 days before your billing day. It's month to month. Yep. That's it. <clears throat> and they're like, yeah, it was really tough to cancel. I'm like, yeah, I know. I want to make it easier, but that's why I can charge more because it's easier for you to do all of those things. It's a better studio, better facility. And hopefully I can guarantee you some results because of the atmosphere that you're in. Absolutely. All right. So there's my story. Said, yeah. Right? Let's start talking about some SGT, baby. Small group training. Now this, this, uh, this is definitely Dayton's thing. I, uh, have prided myself on the one-on-one -on -one my whole career, almost 10 years of specifically training one-on-one -on -one clients. When I was in the Globo Gym world, I opted to not run any small group training classes. I worked with a team of trainers that all ran small group training. And I would like to admit that when my trainers came to me asking for help on SGT, I had my cell phone hanging out my pocket and I was texting Dayton over here going, hey, hey guys, uh, I got this client and this class sucks. What could I do to help him out? Um, so Dayton is definitely the expert here. Uh, after our days, I did end up getting into some CrossFit, which funny enough, I really strongly believe they have the best group fitness model, which we'll talk about that too a little bit. Um, but if you are in a corporate Globo gym, they run small group training all the time. And if you yep. can be successful, it will launch your personal training business amongst all else. I will also caution and say that if you uh, aren't ready for it and you suck at it, it actually can ruin your business. So Dayton, how did you get started with your first group of small group training classes? Sure, so what I ended up doing was literally just starting it. All that I did was selected the classes that I wanted to do. I did a core class. I did a, a fit class, which was like a, a boot camp class. I did a TRX class and I did uh, a flexibility, mobility, stability class. I call it FMS, but it's not the functional movement screen. It's just those type of things. What I did was I just put them into my schedule according to when I think people would be interested in them. But I also look to make sure that those were some of our busiest times in the gym, utilizing whatever computer system that you might to see when it's busy, see when it's not. And I also tried to not compete with group exercise. So if a group exercise class had a boot camp on Mondays and Thursdays, my fit class, which was more of a boot camp, would be on the opposite days. There was no TRX class, so that was really easy to start. There was no mobility class at our gym. That was really easy to start, and there was no core class. So I tried to take things that had uh, buzzwords that are really important. So TRX, good one. Core, yeah, fit, like anything that you can think of as a buzzword for yourself. Kettlebell. 
kettlebell yeah all those things uh uh kickboxing buzzwords sell baby so just make sure that you're trying to find some buzzword to get people interested in your sgt so i would just plug them into my schedule and i'll tell you what i did for marketing in a second but once i plug them into my schedule sometimes nobody would come not one person would be there for class but guess what I still would be there with the whiteboard, all the equipment out, music bumping. If nobody came, I'd run out onto the fitness floor and see if I could grab a couple of people to come into class, right? Just pull them off the floor, floor pulls. Sometimes nobody would want to do it perfectly fine. I still had that in my schedule that Dayton has a class, whether whatever it would be, core TRX at this day and at this time. And I left it in there until I built it up. Because from what I've seen, coaches get really excited about doing small group training. They come up with their own class, whatever that it might be. They throw it in their schedule. Then do you know what they do? They take a sign-up sheet. They put it at the front desk with this really shitty made flyer. And they say, yeah, a lot of people are going to sign up for this. And then they go to do the demo. Nobody comes in and they're like, well, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. And then they stop doing it. Well, you didn't do anything to build your small group, damn it. I hate (laughs) signups. I hate signups. You just put something at the desk and everybody is signed blind. Nobody's going to see it. It, Your your flyer was made on, you know, Word and it looks like garbage. It doesn't use any of the colors of your gym or anything like that. So there's no branding. There's no branding, nothing. Like it looks horrible. So can I just add real quick, sign up sheets there. How many times have you walked by something and been like, oh, I'm writing my name and phone number on that? Yeah. It's not happening. Stop. Ever. I've never been into a gym where they didn't have signups at the front desk yeah. for their new thing. And right. big Globo gyms still to this day have that problem. So I just want to add that little nugget because it drives me crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about how you get people to sign up for your demo. There's a couple of different ways that I would do it. So I, I've got these classes that are in my schedule. Number one, I would always offer everybody their first session or, or class free. Always. Uh, I would ask all of my one-on-one personal training clients to join me for a demo session, depending on what they want to take. Then when I would be doing my consultations, regardless of whether or not if anybody signed up for one-on-one coaching or they decided it wasn't for them, still offer them that time to come in demo training session. So now I've got maybe, let's call it 100 contacts that I've had that conversation with. The next thing that I would do is any consultation that did not register for personal training with me, I'm reaching out to all of those people. Hey, I've got this demo class going on that I'd love for you to take part in. This time, this time, this time, what days and times can I sign you up? It's going to be really fun. I'm at the front desk. I'm actively telling people to sign up for my class. Hey, do you want to sign up for my TRX class? I just need your name and your phone number. That way I can give you a call the day before to just double check that you're coming. We have a limited space. Then the last thing that I would do is I'd stand out in front of the group exercise uh, door when they would go into class and I would have them sign up. I would stand there with my little clipboard. Hey, I've got this great class. I I think that you would be a wonderful addition to. It's going to be a TRX class. A lot of people might say, oh, what's TRX? That's the exact point of the class. We'll teach you how to utilize it. It's really fun. We've got 10 members already signed up. I don't give a shit if you don't have any members signed up. We've got 10 members signed up. It's going to be really fun. Love for you to hang out with us. It'll be great. First one's complimentary. If you do that and you push and drive your business, you may just have two people that come. 
<laughs> and that really stinks at first. Okay. Now, if you continue to do it every week, those two people are there. Now you can start asking them, Hey, you should bring some of your friends. I know you take uh, group spin. You should have some of your spinning people come in here for me. That would be awesome because if we continue on just having two people here, frankly, I won't be able to continue to run it. If you've got two people that love it, they'll go out and find people for you to bring in. So I would just keep having those conversations. Hey, do you got some friends that want to come in? You got some people that you want to bring in here? So I'm looking for opportunities for other people to market it for me, not just me reaching out to people. The last thing that I believe is super crucial is your small group training classes. Do not hold them in like a back section of the gym. I see this very often at some clubs and centers that they'll have small group downstairs in a corner in a room that you have to go walk into. No, nah, man, do that right up front, right front and center. Have that music blasting. How many times did I have people come up to me and be like, oh, your music's a little bit too loud. Can you tone it down a little bit? Nope, nope. I'm not doing that. That's the whole point. I want energy. I want feeling. It's built up. By the end of doing all of those things that I just mentioned, I had 12 people in all of my small group training classes. I had 10 per week all 12 of them paying anywhere between 15 and $25 an hour. So on average, I was making anywhere between 200 and $250 an hour. Well, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Cause I know you had some of the best, most attended uh, small group training classes in all of our clubs, right? We're talking yeah. 17 gyms, hundreds of trainers. There was nobody better at it than you. Um, and you said that something that I thought was really important there is I went on my little rant about sign-up sheets and I said, nobody walks by and wants to put their name and number on a piece of paper. No. But if you actually have the clipboard in your hand and you mm -hmm. introduce yourself, uh, we talk yeah. about being up at the front desk all the time for prospecting. I told my story about towels. I can stand there with my clipboard and ask them, hey, good morning. I'm starting a new group training class. Yeah. And then they, if they ask you what, why, how, what does that mean? Now I have someone that comes in. And if yeah. I got hundreds of people walking in the front door to fill it, I only need 12 people. Right. So it's a no brainer. Um, you said there, you gave out a lot of complimentary classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the key is a nobody wants to be the first one in a class or the only one in a class. Right. So it's very, people tend to be like, Ugh. so what I actually like to do in this situation is you kind of mentioned, talk to your clients. Mm -hmm. I try to get all of my you know, my dedicated clients to come in and take that free class. Because if I oh, can yeah. get three, four of my clients to just show up that extra time and hang out with me and yeah. I can fill the other six to eight people, I don't even care if they ever pay me, if I'm being honest, uh, because it looks full then. Right. And I just tell them, you know, when it fills up, I got to, you know, boot you for someone that pays, but mm -hmm. Hey, help make this look full. Right. As soon as you have a wait list, everyone wants in on your class but no yep. one wants to be the first three, always yep. the last three. Exactly. So I think you started mentioning what the Dayton squeeze is right there. So the, the Dayton squeeze is I want to get the most uh, amount out of my clients in a given week. So I have a client who trains with me twice per week. They don't train three times per week, maybe because of the investment. So maybe it's $1,000 to train three times a week per month. If I can get you to train with me twice a week, personal training, but then I can get you to take one to two classes as well, small group training classes, you are going to see number one, better results because you're 
personal training and we're working on specific things for you, but now you're getting your sweat on and having fun. You're also losing weight. You're gaining strength those other two times a week. And guess what? Dayton's getting paid more now too. <laughs> so, and th there's always this uh, feeling that if you start a small group training program, your clients are going to stop one-on-one -on -one training with you and just go do small group because it's less expensive. That's never the case. They're going to continue to do both. They like working out with you and now they get to do it in a more fun, upbeat environment. And on the flip side of that, individuals who are just doing small group, they want to train with you now too. I couldn't tell you how many times that I had someone in my small group training classes say, when you have availability, please let me know. I would like to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with you. And I would just straight up have to tell them like, listen, I don't have any availability right now, but you're the first person on my list. They would ask me every single time that I had class. Hey, do you have any availability? Hey, do you have any availability? And like, I never had to worry about filling up my book if someone went away or, or they got hurt and I was able to just fill that spot. Like, because I was in front of 150 people every single week, you know, showing off my stuff, listening to music, dance like nobody's watching. I can't tell you how different I am in one-on-one -on -one than I am small group. I was jumping around. We were listening to upbeat stuff. And it's just a different mentality uh, doing small group. It's, it's much more than just being a glorified rep counter, which is ah. unfortunately what hey. I see. Before, I know you're about to go into coaching and how to run yeah, an yeah, yeah. actual well-run group class because yeah. I know you want to chip in there. But I just want to back you up a little bit because you said something that kind of stuck uh, stood out in my mind a little bit there. We talk about putting clients into your class to like fill some spaces, make it look busy, make it look more fun. But as you were talking, I realized something. If you can get your clients, especially the like that 60-year-old woman that like deadlifts 200 pounds that is just impressive that you've been working with for years, go throw her in a TRX class and make her doing, you know, uh, TRX and mountain climbers and making every 30, 40, 50 year old person in that class look stupid. They're all going to want to train with you because they want to know what, what she's doing that yeah. made her so fit and impressive. So yeah. a lot of times I take my clients that like, I want to show off mm. and it's like the marathon runner, 80 year old that's yeah. going to blow the doors in on the 30 year olds that wanted a boot camp class. Right. And then I go, Oh yeah. Do you think, you know, you could do that too, yeah. but you got to work with me. And I would say that as I was like, yeah, we've been working together for five or six years. And after a while, you don't even have to mention that anymore because your clients will just talk you up. Yeah. I train privately with Dayton or mm -hmm. train privately with Kyle a couple of times a week. And that's helpful to build our business up because we've talked about in the past, there's going to become a point with referrals that we don't have to market ourselves anymore. And all those people that have seen results and love training with us, they'll do it all for you and, and they'll talk. If you get 12 people together and one of those people works with you one-on-one -on -one outside of that class, then 11 other people just heard them say that they work with you because some people that do small group may not even know that you're also a personal trainer too. Mm -hmm. I would use that platform that you have in front of this group and frankly say to them, Hey, 
if anybody's looking to do a complimentary consultation, complimentary workout with me, I've got a little availability this week. Some of my clients are on vacation. Then after class, remind them again, hey, who wants to take part in that complimentary workout? I was like, I'm going to my office right now if you want to sign up. Last chance. Put some urgency on it. See how many people will take the opportunity to, to jump in and, and, and do that. Absolutely. So do you want me to start talking about <laughs> well, setting up class and not being a rep counter and things uh, like that? Yeah, because, all right, so, yeah, and I mean, because I led this off kind of me being anti-small group training, and that's not entirely true. I just wanted no. to set the stage for you a little bit there. Uh, because one of my biggest complaints with yep. personal trainers uh, doing small group training, and this is where I kind of tend to be more of a personal trainer versus coach, because mm -hmm. a lot of times in a group setting, a personal trainer gets in there and they turn into what you said, a rep counter. Yeah. They just go in and 10 more, or we got 30 seconds, keep it going. And it it's this cheerleady, motivational, like we aren't learning anything. Your people in the class are all sloppy form. Their backs are all over the place. They're just throwing the weights around or they're, they're huffing and puffing and they're sloppy. And they're thinking like, oh yeah, look at this great workout. I'm sweating. But as a, <laughs> as a real fitness professional, that's not what a workout looks like. It right. should not look like. So kind of kind of walk me through like what is, you know, what is that difference between being able to coach and really train people in a class? So I, I think that training, like it is called small group training. It's not small group workout. So I think that one thing to keep in mind is a lot of the times people will just think small group means boot camp. And I, I, I want to challenge people to not think about it that way. There's still a goal for that class. And there's a goal for the next couple of weeks. Like what is our focus with doing this workout or, or doing this class? It has to be something. It's not just all hodgepodge thrown in there. It, it just doesn't make any sense. So what I enjoy doing is when writing those workouts, keeping them simple rather than more confusing and challenging. Anybody that is a personal trainer out there, how many times have you had your clients go through and do, okay, we're going to do a lat pull down and then a box squat and then this and then that. The first exercise they go into, they're like, what am I doing? How many reps am I doing? What's next? So if you do that with small group, you're screwing yourself like really hard. So I would tend to make it simpler, but make it hard at the same time. Simple doesn't mean easy. Simple just means maybe I have two or three exercises in your workout. Then we write our warm up, which we talked about last episode. And then maybe we have a cool down. Maybe we don't. It really depends. So, for instance, I'm not writing 50 exercises in a small group training class for, for one workout. That, that just doesn't make any sense to me. You're, you're just going through a bunch of movements. It's It doesn't help with that end goal. I'm probably writing down five movements and that's about it. The setup is the most important thing. So if you put it into an EMOM, an AMRAP, uh, an attack, I've heard it called before, maybe it's for time, do 100 of this, 90 of this, whatever, so on and so forth. The exercises need to be challenging but they need to be also able to regress and progress because the issue with small group training and Kyle knows this too, with going to CrossFit with me is you've got this wide variety of advanced people and maybe a brand new person. 
So as a coach, you have to make sure in your head, if you tell somebody to do a barbell back squat, but they're brand new to class, well, what are your next 10 regressions to a barbell back squat? If you can't list off 10 regressions to it off the top of your head, you shouldn't be coaching small group training. You're just not ready for it because you'll have to do that on the fly. You've got basically your top level of barbell back squat, and then you've got you know level B, level C, so on and so forth down the list. That person who's never done a barbell back squat, you should be able to find some sort of regression for them to do so that they feel number one challenged, but they don't feel ridiculous for being there and you try to do a barbell back squat with them. As a coach as well, it's okay to tell somebody what to do. If they've never done a barbell back squat or whatever the movement might be, and you can see that they're not ready for it, look them directly in the eyes and say, you are doing this. Don't give them the option. Remember, you're the leader in small group. It's up to you to coach these 10 to 20 people, however many that you might have, through success when you do it. And if they've never done a certain movement, you feel as though they're not ready for it. Well, you have every right to say, you're not doing that, you're doing this. But say it in a positive way, not like we're just shooting the shit here and me. Yeah, right. But you, you are the fitness professional. Correct. Put the professional into your title because yeah. if the member or the client or the participant is doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. you are not the professional in the room anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 I get a little passionate about this one too because especially in you know you mentioned CrossFit and a lot of the CrossFit style workouts, the CrossFit methodology is very well designed. It is very thoughtful. And for the few people that have gone through the coaching certifications, uh, especially if you've gotten to the level two uh, mm. CrossFit, there is no better organization teaching group fitness in the world than CrossFit. Yep, I agree. I, and, I, and I can repeat that over and over and over again, because if anyone thinks that they can take a room full of people, it is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And they teach it better than anybody on the planet. Now, with that said, you walk into a CrossFit gym, most of the coaches suck and it's not, <laughs> it's not the CrossFit's fault. It's not the methodology. They are doing everything right at the top of the thing. The problem with CrossFit, and I want to clarify this is because it's a franchise. So literally um, an affiliate. So literally you just take a couple thousand dollars out of your pocket and you put CrossFit on the board, on the wall. And yeah. all of a sudden you own a CrossFit affiliate. But the right. people that truly believe in CrossFit, the group setting is amazing. And now the reason I brought CrossFit into this conversation is because in CrossFit you have the most advanced movements happening at high intensities. And there is a room full of 30 people using barbells. You want to talk about the most challenging group that you can ever coach is a room full of 30 people with a barbell in their hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and they do it better than anybody. And where I'm going with this is it's not about rep counting, being relentless as a coach to teach proper form and execution. So just because, Someone's doing, uh, you know, air squats and they're hunched over and they're collapsing and they're doing 30 of them for time and their back's rounded. You can let them go because they're not going to get hurt. Susie's going to get a sweat on. She's not going to blow her back out from an air squat because her body's used to that position. They, you know, that's how their posture is all the time. However, did that person get better in your class? And I would argue that a lot of times in small group training, they don't ever get better. They just sweat and they think they got better. Right. So if you're going to coach small group training, I believe that you have to be relentless in your pursuit of making them better. So Mm -hmm. that is not letting Susie just collapse because the music is fun and you're too busy dancing. Right. 
Yeah, don't 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 take it the wrong way when I said I like to dance in class. But oh no, no, oh, no, yeah, no, that yeah, wasn't yeah, at yeah. you. I just mean in general. Like sometimes, and I want to be clear because I did this for a long time. I would turn the music up, and when my favorite song came on, you better believe there was a few people in the class that also had it as their favorite song. We made eye contact, we did a little dancing, and then all right. of a sudden, I turned around and realized that someone was about to die, and yep. I wasn't paying attention. Yep. So I'm not perfect either, but yeah. I'm going to teach you the methodology to be perfect, whether I am or not. <laughs> so with doing small group, I think the last thing that we want to talk about is just like any workout, it's about progressive overload, right? A lot of the times people will grab the same weights over and over and over again, or not challenge themselves. So if you notice that somebody has always been doing 10 pound overhead press for the last eight weeks, then I think that you should have a conversation with them about increasing that weight. I don't care if you have to break up the 10 reps into two sets of five, but let's try to challenge ourselves a little bit and increase that. Um, just a couple of other tidbits uh, before we sign off today for a small group is every single Monday, I would send all of my small group training clients uh, an email that said exercise of the week. And it didn't matter what the exercise was or what class, but we would be doing that exercise in classes. So it was more in depth. Maybe it was just a farmer's carry, but I would say, here's why the exercise is important. Here's how to do it. Here's a picture of it. it just to give them a little taste of, you know, this is what we're doing for this week, or this is what we're doing for the next couple of weeks. And they really liked that. Uh, a lot of the times I would also make classes a competition between other classes. So if I was going to do a four time, I would tell everybody, okay, class on Monday, we did this as a group and the last person got done in 20 minutes. Who's going to be able to beat them? They're like, oh, I know two people in that class. I want to beat them. Like I wanted to make it fun and energetic. Um, and the last thing that I'll mention is the use of some sort of heart rate monitor or tracking system with small group. If anybody has ever been to an orange theory when they have their heart rate monitors and their uh, splat, points. splat points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I prefer using my zone. I think it's uh, a, a great product. I've used my zone for the past five or six, maybe even seven years. So if, if you have the availability to have a my zone and, and give them to your clients and put it up on a TV for them to see where they are, I tend to incorporate that into my classes. Hey, everybody should be in the yellow right now. We're, we're trying to really push ourselves. Oh, we got Susie. She's in the red. Susie's crushing everybody. Who's going to catch up to her? It, it puts together that competition, and, but also fun and gives you something to look forward to in terms of how many calories that you burned. I mean, people, they can use their iWatch to track as well and just be communicative with them. Hey, how many calories did you burn? Did you do this? What was your max heart rate? I also tend to try to um, use our in bodies as well, or stikus or whatever that you have to track their progress. So if they started and then two months later, you want to do their in body again, complimentary and be like, Hey, you've lost four pounds and put on three pounds of muscle, all those things to kind of track and communicate with them is going to make your, uh, programs stay longer, stay healthy. People are going to be talking you up and bring people in and they're got a point where if I just wanted to coach small group every single day for eight hours and, and have 12 people in every single class, then I definitely could have done it. Small group is just really tiring. You get exhausted pretty quick doing it. If you do two in a row, you're just like dead afterwards. But 
it was such a great experience. It's how I, I built my business. Um, I wish that I still did them because there's just something to be said about the energy and the experience with leading a team of 10 to 20 people through a killer workout and having them get results. So if anybody is ever hoping to start small group and you've never thought about it, take that plunge, see, see how you like it. Doesn't matter what class that you do, just do it and put some people through a tremendous workout. And I, I can guarantee that you'll start to build your book up even more just by doing one to two classes a week. Yeah, no. And honestly, if anyone ever starts to feel like burnout from the one-on-one -on -one training, infuse a small group training somewhere in your day. It'll change your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I used to do like eight hours of one-on-one -on -one back to back to back. And like, I just, no matter how excited or how much that eighth client that I love so much could have been my best friend. I didn't really feel like training when I, yeah, you yeah. just, it, at some point you get tired of saying, you know, you got two more or push your knees out, pick your chest yeah. up, eyes mm -hmm. off the floor, whatever you want to do. Yep. That little bit of like, shake it off. And that singing and dancing and having fun and bringing a different energy for an hour Absolutely. of your day really sparks you up. And then I'm a lot better for my next couple clients. Uh, I agree with that. It's like a shot of espresso through music and exercise. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you've been training a long time, you're already adapted to caffeine. So you need something new. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, so I think that wraps this one up. If anybody has any questions regarding small group coaching, you can reach out to, to Kyle or myself, probably me, not so much Kyle, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Reach out to us. If you have questions or comments, put them down in the comments below. I really appreciate everybody being with us today on this episode where we talked about how to build and maintain your small group training business. We will see everybody next time. Have a great week.